Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. During this pandemic, Jackson State University has made bold and necessary steps to protect our student-athletes. In hopes to get our fans back in the stands, we ask for our Tiger family support. You can donate today to the COVID-19 Athletic Relief Fund. Your donation will assist in the funding of financial support for student-athletes, recruiting, and loss of revenue due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for all contributions, and remember, we be blue. Donate at GoJSUTigers.com forward slash give. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 56 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting today's show are Charles Bishop and Daryl Neely. Welcome back to another episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, and I'm Charles Bishop. I'm going to be hosting this episode, of course, with my longtime partner, Christopher Neely. Welcome back in, buddy. Hey, Chuck. How's it going today? Doing well, doing well. We're uh, we're going to bring in a, a guest uh, to today who uh, no stranger to Jackson State, John C. Hall. He's the founding partner of the Hall Law Group located in Jackson, uh, born and raised in Chicago. He's lived in Mississippi for more than 25 years, and he is a 1996 graduate of Jackson State University. Uh, John, I remember you from back then, man. You're working in the sports information department. Welcome into uh, the Tiger Talk podcast. I appreciate it, guys. Glad to be here. Sure thing. You know, we wanted to have an episode where we kind of took a, a look or dive, if you will, into uh, a part of uh, college athletics that we don't talk about quite quite a bit until this pandemic kind of came along, and it is the risk management uh, aspect. You know, one of the biggest questions threatening the sports world today is, Will football or will fall sports, if you will, be played on time? What will it look like? You know, will there be fans? And at the end of the day, the question uh, becomes is 
what are we looking at as far as risk management? Um, and that's why we brought you in, John, to kind of talk us through this a little bit. And uh, for a lot of our fans, especially people like myself, where you get, uh, you're trying to understand the consequences of it all. Uh, what does it actually mean in terms of looking at uh, risk management for a university trying to go forward playing in a pa pandemic? I think all these universities are balancing money with the health of our kids at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And it's no wonder why you see the Power Five or the Big Five, whatever you want to call it, those conferences rolling the dice, the, those conferences that have made the most money off of college athletics, uh, giving their schools the green light to proceed. Okay. The worst part about this, though, we don't know what this virus is going to do and what long-term effects it will have. So with respect to making these kids sign waivers, et cetera, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy if you think about it that you're going to have you know these, these young men and young women signing waivers uh, for something that we that's only been around for, I guess we're in August now, so five months. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are. Yeah, you know, John, when you talk about, you know, those waivers and we're looking at, you know, college athletes, and, and again, you know, we focus a lot on football, but this is really about any fall sport. And, and so, you, you know, you have young people who are, say, age 17, you know, to 20. Uh, and I wonder, even for the folks who are going this waiver route, uh, what what is the legal standard that that a young person, a, a juvenile, a minor, if you will, someone under the age of 21 can even sign away that kind of right? Uh, is, is that something that even has legs? I don't think so. I think you, whenever you're signing a waiver, Chris, you, you have to knowingly waive your rights. Well, again, we don't know what this virus is going to do. So, for these legal departments, the athletic departments to just throw waivers in the way of these kids. And, you know, we even at our, our kids um, at an elementary school level had waivers sent to us and mm -hmm. you can sign it. But then the question is going to be how enforceable is it later on? So a lot of times you sign it. And just to play, just like, for instance, you, you'll sign those waivers when your kids are at the jump house and all that. Well, you simply cannot waive your child's rights away. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't work like that. And you can sign and let them jump, jump and play and hope nothing goes wrong. That's essentially what's happening here. I think these universities know that they won't be enforceable, but the fact that you may be able to waive, no pun intended, a waiver in front of someone's face in the event that they do try to bring a claim, that will short circuit a lot of people and make them go the other direction. Those with the wherewithal to say, no, this, this waiver is unenforceable. Uh, I want, I want to claim my rights against you. You know, I think that, I think they will have a, a leg to stand on, but the biggest problem is going to be proving that you got coronavirus from a, a particular place. Hmm. And, you know, you bring you bring up an interesting uh, analogy when you talk about the jump house and everybody has taken kids or, or as young people, you, you know, you've been to these carnivals or these Chuck E. Cheese places, what have you. And, and there is this assumed risk when you enter it. Uh, but a lot of times that assumed risk is based on, you know, what you know can go wrong. It's not based on, you know, the, these random occurrences that may exceed that scope of, of liability. And so I hear what you're saying, John, that, that it, particularly as it relates to COVID, no one knows right now if you were to have it 
in the month of November in 2020. What kind of health aspect does that lead to in November 2030? You know, we don't know the long range impact. And so it's hard to sign away a right or a grievance or, or, you know, some harm that's done to yourself for years to come because we simply just don't know the the mid range or the long term impact. And, And as it relates to sports again, you know, we're talking about playing in the spring and we don't know what the virus will be in the spring. Uh, so it's a bigger picture than just signing a waiver for, say, September. Absolutely. Think about it like this. If you have 10 car manufacturers and half of them said, you know what, we are not going to use these tires because it's just going to be too dangerous. The other half would say, no, we're going to use them, but just sign a waiver just in case. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have with these conferences. I mean, it's not like you just have the SWAC and the MEAC and Ohio Valley Conference not going forward. You have the majority of these conferences not going forward. And when you're just averaging, it's clear this is some dangerous. These are, these are very dangerous times uh, that we're in. So for these conferences then to take the position, well, we're going to go forward anyway. But it may not be that bad. It, it just doesn't sm- pass the, the smell test. I, I think I was looking at um, an interview with the SEC president, and he wouldn't even give the reporter the the numbers mm. of SEC athletes who had come down with coronavirus. But yet, you want these same people's uh, parents to send their kids to you so they can make money for the conference. You know, John, you practice uh, law in the state of Mississippi for more than twenty years you know, primarily focusing on employment matters, civil rights cases, and business disputes. Let me let me put your your, your personal injury uh, hat on here for a quick second. Uh, if you're standing in front of a jury arguing uh, $100 million uh, reward for uh, a 21-year-old defensive end with NFL prospects, uh, I mean, would it not, would it not happen where uh, you will talk about every conference that decided uh, for safety reasons to play in the spring instead of the fall? Not only would you you would cite to those people, you'd use words like reckless, hmm. that it would be reckless for these con- conferences and even intentional for these conferences to expose their, their student-athletes uh, to this danger, even though, like I said, if you have the balance of the rest of the country and even – Looking outside of college sports, you know, you had the NHL on hold. You had the NBA, Major League Baseball, internationally soccer. They just stopped playing, all right? And that's when the numbers weren't even as bad as they are now. Mm-hmm. Yet these numbers have, have skyrocketed, especially in America, and now they're telling the kids to come back. So I would absolutely argue that they, they know exactly what's going on, uh, and they are reckless to bring these, children, these, these kids back. And I think to add insult to injury, uh, to have the audacity to have them sign a waiver because they know. Uh, and think about it like this. They didn't have them sign those waivers this time last year. You only sign a waiver because it, there is an, an expectation of injury. Mm. And the conferences who are requiring these kids or wanting the kids to come back, there's a clear expectation of injury. Yeah, or harm. You know, law aside, and it sounds as though uh, you, you've already answered my question, is it just bad public relations, bad taste uh, in terms of trying to have players sign a waiver? I think it absolutely is. I know that um, Tennessee had their players sign it and then they pulled it back. Um, 
but it depends on how you look at it. You, you, you do have that element out here. They don't care. Their kids aren't the ones going to those locker rooms. They just want to watch football. Mm. And that power of sports and people wanting to see sports is it's, it's an extreme power. And if it wasn't, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But I think from absolutely from a PR standpoint, to make a kid who's already signed a letter of intent and scholarship papers, et cetera, to now slide in that last piece, that last document and say, oh, by the way, we need you to sign your your uh, potential health um, away as well. I, I think that's terrible. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I concur with that, John and, and Chuck, that just from a, a PR standpoint, uh, from a smells test standpoint, you know, it's like you're saying that uh, you, you, you got this standard out there that the fact that someone is offering you a waiver is somewhat of an admission on their part that something is likely or could go mm-hmm. wrong or, you know, or else they wouldn't introduce it. You know, when you get when you get in the car with, your, with a friend mm-hmm. of yours, as much that can go wrong in traffic, they don't have you sign a waiver to ride in the car with mm-hmm. them. Because there's just an expectation that you're going to get to the restaurant, you know, safely. Uh, and, and I think that, and John, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, being the, the legal mind on the show. You know, you have this concept out there that, you know, did you know or should you have known? And, and I think that as it relates to COVID-19 and close contact and locker rooms and traveling on buses or planes, however these teams would move around, that whereas there are some things we don't know, there are some things we should have known. We know that proximity, you know, spreads it. We may not know the long range impact of it, but we do know it has an impact. So I don't think that a waiver can necessarily get an organization out of something that they they reasonably could have known was going to happen. But on the flip side, just playing playing the other side of that coin, if I'm arguing on behalf of the universities and the conferences, I'd argue, look, you knew that this was bad. You know, you watch TV, this this shut down the, the whole planet. And for now, you to say that you didn't know sending your kid to football camp and letting them play uh, came with a, a, a possible risk, that's outrageous also. Mm-hmm. Because there's nobody on the planet right now that doesn't know the proximity uh, can spread this virus, that, you know, not wearing masks, all that stuff. And there, there, there are serious risks. So, you know, mom and dad, we didn't hold a gun to your head to send your kids down here. You, you put them on that bus or you dropped them off yourself because, again, you want your kid to get that NFL uh, contract. So don't come back now uh, and say it's our fault. And I think that's waiver or not, I think that's the smartest way to do it. Uh, don't worry about having them sign a waiver. Just stand on the argument of assumption of risk. Mm. So uh, and, and let me kind of follow up on that, John, and, and and help me understand it. If if the best practices evolve toward not playing, uh, the financial risk becomes greater for those who ultimately decide to play, or or uh, is it the other way around? I mean, what are the percentages of 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 those conferences who go forward and, and decide to play? Would 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 the financial risk not be greater towards them? I think a lot of the I mean now don't don't think that the actuarials haven't put their heads together mm-hmm. for the SEC. You know, just like anything else, sure. whether it's a drug company with these with the um with the vaccines, you know, there's going to be a margin of error and big companies and business people understand, look, we're going to take a loss now so you figure out how much is that loss potentially going to be. So if you figure okay, let's say if these kids get sick, 
they don't have to be hospitalized. We're really not losing anything. Uh, we're quarantining a couple of them. We would have had to put them up anyway. We'd have to feed them anyway. Let's pray that they're young kids and that they're healthy. They won't have to be, like I say, hospitalized or anything. The risk is not going to be um, is great. Yet there also the other risk is how we recapture this money if we if we go uh, if we go without playing for a season. What is that going to do to the conferences? Hmm. But I think it's it's strange though to me that the richest conference they're acting like you know they got to have this you know and. Again, I guess it, it just costs to keep those conferences afloat. But those are the conferences with the largest endowments, the biggest TV contracts. So, you know, money is, is at the root of all this. That's a great point. Great point. And and I and I, to that, you know, when the when the SWAC, which I think rightly so, stepped up and just said, "Hey, let's just move things to the spring and reevaluate it," then, you know, there as you're saying, John, some you would think that that would be a, a easier decision for these big money guys because they would have so much in the bank, you know. And, I, and I'm going to just make these numbers up for some simple math, you know. If you if you make a million dollars, uh, well, not make if you gross a million dollars in your football program, and, and that's based on you know season ticket sales, concessions, e- everything. Uh, well, you can factor in that it's going to be half of that because only half the people are going to come or be able to come depending on what your jurisdiction is. And, and then you can imagine that you have increased costs that you have to do to mitigate, to mitigate COVID response. I don't care if it's sanitizer, gloves, distancing, there's some new things you would have to do cost wise just as a business. Well, you could reach a point as you said, when actuaries run those numbers, you could reach a point that it actually costs you money to play that is, is cheaper to sit out for a season. Uh, but some of these some of these bigger organizations, the way their pumps are primed, uh, that it is purely attached to we have to find a way to do this, even if we get three or four games in and cancel it like that. They can't afford because they you know, that old saying, if you if if you if you uh, be if you feed the monster, you got to keep feeding it. Yep. Uh, and, and, they have, and they have this monster that they have built and they have to get a product on TV and they're, they're trying to figure out a way to do it and at least do it once or twice before the inevitable happens. That's that's what it appears from where I'm sitting. And they do have the money, though, because I just remember hearing Coach Hendricks say it's $100 a pop to even test these kids. Well, a program like Jackson State, all corn fam, we don't have money just from the testing standpoint. Uh, no. On top of your regular operational costs. And mm-hmm. then, Lord forbid, then you have to treat some of these kids. Mm-hmm. Well, LSU, they have that kind of money. They can test and test and test and test during that morning practice, that afternoon practice, as many tests as you want, and still have plenty left over. And it's just, it was just cost prohibitive uh, for the SWAC to even think about it. So, totally get it. You know, John, one of the questions, and I've I've saved a couple of them that uh, I've just, you know, looked at in terms of of parents uh, asking, uh, especially in regards to waivers. You know, if 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 a waiver is challenged, it, it could it hold up in court? I think that's it's going to be on a case by case basis. I just don't see any. I don't see a court holding up any or enforcing any of those waivers again five months after knowing the or five months into this. Mm-hmm. I say five. I guess March is when it really started getting bad, and here we are in August. You're not even six months out. 
And the numbers are what they are. The experts are saying what they're saying, just taking politics out of it. The scientists are saying, are, are pretty consistent with this. Sure. Um, so you know what you're dealing with, yet again, I think just saying that you assume the risk, the waiver aside, you knew this was bad, you brought your kid down here, uh, you had a choice to make and you made your choice. So I think that argument, aside from the waiver, just a simple, you know, argument that you that you stepped into the fire yourself, I think that would be more convincing than an actual piece of paper with someone signing their, 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 their rights away. Sure thing. You know, as we kind of wind down this episode of Tiger Talk with 1400 Club, uh, John Hall again here with us uh, today and kind of breaking this down a little bit more for us in terms of kind of looking at some uh, the legalities of the, of the risk management of going forward with attempting to play fall sports. Uh, John, any uh, closing thoughts in terms of, of of what we uh, as fans should look at uh, with regards to if there are conferences that decide to play the sort of kind of that, that risk management bubble uh, that we should be kind of looking for. Again, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of sports. My Blackhawks are in the playoffs right now. I'm excited about it. But then when you're talking about, I mean, those are professionals and at the collegiate ranks, you know, that's a lot of money involved also. But I just think that, as a parent, if I had a kid that was really good and and I just wouldn't risk risk their health uh, for it, businesses are always going to take that risk because they're businesses. Mm-hmm. I think it's incumbent though on individuals and, and these family members um, to make that decision within their own uh, families to see if it's worth it. Because when big businesses involved, they're always going to pick themselves and their money. And to the detriment, oftentimes, of the little guys. So just keep that in mind. Sure thing. No doubt about it. Well, John, again, we thank you for coming on and kind of clearing up uh, a little bit of some of the things that we're seeing in the news, especially in the sports world nowadays. And we look forward to uh, having you back on at some point if that, you know, if something comes across that we have that legal mind, we can call John Hall. (laughs) I appreciate it, guys. You all have a good evening. No doubt about it. Thanks. And that'll do it for episode 56 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you, downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know, we're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag the I love.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.